0: Hi, this is Janice
1: and I'm Sarah N.
0: and we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern day working professional.
1: Each week we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally.
0: Hi everybody, on today's episode of the podcast we talk about 20s going on your 30s and for many of us the 20s are the prime time to explore different possibilities, make mistakes and hustle hard. Whereas the 30 milestone often comes with the expectations of being married, starting a family, or being at a particular place in your career. For those of you who have crossed the 30 milestone, did it mean anything particularly significant to you? Did you feel anxious or lost, or was it just like a regular turn of a new year?
1: Because we've heard it firsthand from our listeners that they enjoy when we mix up our episodes with both casual chats as well as interview formats, today we decided to invite one of our very dear friend Ashley Sulin, who had just turned 30 last year, to join us for today's episode where we'll be chatting about some lessons that we've learned in our 20s, as well as some personal insights on what it's like to cross that big 3-0. So Janice and I know Ashley from our days doing the MBA at the Asia School of Business, and we all. Also, had the privilege of experiencing, enjoying, and gallivanting in New York and MIT for our spring immersion track. This is back in 2019, which now seems like an eternity ago. So, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on the Explore This podcast. And would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Thank you so much, Sarah and Janice. So amazing to be here today. Just doing our casual conversation, but at the same time, I know it's going to be a productive one because all our conversations are usually like that. So just to give the listeners a little bit of background. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashley, and I consider myself a corporate entrepreneur. In fact, before my MBA days, I was mostly in MNCs and GLCs in my corporate experience. But right after I've graduated from my MBA, I started to dive a little bit more into startups. But aside from running my own, I also sit on several boards for a few non-profit organizations as well as startups in the Asian region. But apart from that, I think what's really exciting that also keeps me going and keeps me motivated from an interest perspective is that I'm also a spin cycle instructor and a wellness instructor, which is something I recently picked up uh, last year. So I
0: started doing a lot more meditations and workshops for corporates as well. Nice. You know, Ash, I've been to one of Ash's spin cycling classes and guys, you all have to experience it for yourself. She pushes you hard, but she also motivates the heck out of you. So it's truly a good sweat sesh and a really therapeutic one as well. Obviously, you've heard it from her. She's someone who is a hustler. She's someone who is also really, really big on wellness and definitely speaks on resting and taking care of yourself. But more importantly, she's someone who we find super reflective and contemplative, which is why we got her to speak on this topic of what it's like to turn 30, right? Just to kickstart the conversation, we actually wanted to reflect on this post by Yixuan of No Money La, where he talked about the woes of inching closer to his 30s. And in this post, he talks about his fears and struggles as someone in his late 20s. So just to give you all some of the TLDR in this Facebook post, and we'll be sure to put this in the link, he talks about as a 27-year-old, he felt that he's losing out in life. Many of his friends, he's seeing them getting married, getting engaged. We, we see that a lot recently as well, right? Buying property, And he also talks about feeling very uncertain at this point in life. If he makes the wrong career choice at the age of 27, he would have to start over and lose to younger folks. And he also speaks about the frustration of at this point in time, not achieving anything significant yet. So ladies, what are some of your initial thoughts? Like, What do you think about this post?
1: When I read Yixuan's post, I think a certain part of me definitely did feel myself nodding and saying, oh yeah, I see where this is going. And ladies, I'm not sure if you resonate with this, but one of the things I personally noticed in the past year as well, it almost feels like every time you refresh your Instagram or your Facebook feed, someone else is getting married, engaged or popping a new baby. And and that seems to be (laughs) like the norm with a lot of our peers and our friend groups at this age. And you know, On this table right now, as Janice has mentioned earlier in the intro, Ashley has just turned 30. I am on the cusp of turning 30 this year, which also feels like this significant milestone. And for Janice, she will be in 2023. My sort of first impressions when I initially read his post was definitely relating to all these social narratives of where you should be by when and As a woman, especially, I think that there definitely is those kind of societal pressures of how there are certain goals that you would need to have achieved at a certain age, and in this case, 30. So, yeah, Ashley, what about yourself?
2: I think for me, when I first read it as well, like what Sarah said, there are a lot of head nods, right? But then I quickly realized as well that we all have very different mental models, you know, in our 20s, especially. And I think for me, my 20s were made out of data collection and experimentation. I think because I like learning so much, aside from both of you very mature, young ladies, I mostly have friends that are older than me. So they're mostly like 5 to 10 years, way more mature. And seeing how their life goes and just asking a a little bit more about what it felt like to turn 30, very similar to what you guys are doing now to me, I guess, (laughs) interviewing me, right? Just wanting to kind of know what's coming up ahead so many of them are really really excited to be in their 30s and that was something I couldn't understand because I was living my life in my 20s right well you know like the energy levels the ability to have freedom and you know take risks and just like putting myself out there so I didn't really quite understand what they were talking about but most of them did tell me this one thing is that when you turn 30 Something like flips, like a switch hits, and it's like ding, 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 ding. And honestly, I don't want to sound cliche, but it did happen to me last year. There was this like loud ding, 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 ding in my head, especially the weeks leading to my birthday, the actual 30, right? Because, you know, it doesn't count when you first go into the year. But until your actual birthday, you have still like a couple of months to really prepare yourself to finally accept that you are 30. And so when I really look back, I felt like my 20s were the time that I built my foundation. And as you're building houses, as any foundations are being built, it will never be perfect. Just like his post, you know, it's not perfect. It's still being built. Your story is still being written. And I realized it is still being built and this foundation is still being laid. In fact, as I approach study, things actually got easier for me. Conversations, my ability to like digest and process and reflect and ask for what I want, the ability to shoot up my confidence or adjust my tone or my emotions accordingly to the situation, all became easier. And I think that was when I realized, yeah, it it was easier because I had all of these experiences and I had so many opportunities to meet people, to put myself out there so that I could practice, so to speak, to train, so to speak. And when I did all that, it just became easier, right? Just like when you're training for a marathon, the more you train, the easier it gets. And when it becomes easier, naturally, what you want to do next is you want to then try something harder. And I think that's where I consider myself really blessed is because now that I'm turning 31 this year, Things are going to get tougher. Things are going to be more challenging. But in my mind, I felt like all of the mental models that I've downloaded, that I've acquired, really, really set that foundation for me. It's all about building that firm
0: foundation. That's really good, Ash. Hearing what you said about building the foundation to turning 30, we'd love to dive more into that later. At this point of the conversation, I kind of want to ask a cheeky question because this is something that's on a lot of people's minds, I'm sure, as someone who might be in their early 20s or like Yixuan who's in his late 20s who talks about some of these frustrations that he's experiencing right now. So I wanted to ask you ladies what did you expect to achieve when you hit 30? Were are particular, you know, societal expectations that you bought into, if any at
2: all? I think for me, when I was in my 20s, I was really trying to get ahead of people to ensure like, why 30? Why not just 29? You know, if all these people want to get things by 30, no, I'm going to do it like a year ahead. Like I want to get it all done by 29, right? These thoughts like occurred to me a couple of times. And of course, like putting myself in that pressure usually makes me accelerate growth, accelerate experiences. And funny enough, all of that was, you know, in fact, more than I could ever wish for. And that was when I realized maybe I don't want that. Maybe I don't want to accelerate things. Maybe it's time to take it really slow. So even when I was 28, it was like, oh, you know, it's like almost there, almost there. But funny enough, instead of accelerating, instead of pushing that like button and like turbo the heck out of it, I didn't. In fact, I slowed down, which I think to a lot of people, it'll be strange, right? I mean, you say you wanted to do it at 29, now it's 28. Don't you think you should like spit things up? But I told myself the reason why 30 was such a big deal is because movies, magazines, family especially family paints this really strange pit stop that at 30 you have to take this pit stop, right? We all know amazing race here. Um I think so if you're in my generation. Well, uh, For sure. And this all the same generation. <laughs> <laughs> to the listeners. If you don't know what amazing race is, Google it bad. up. So it's this pit stop. Whether you want to make that pit stop is really up to you right or otherwise you can really just take a detour off elsewhere and this pit stop is where you have a car a house and a family and i think it's a pretty good pit stop to have it's just that if it's out of your way and you're not really in the right mindset or at that stage of your life to really enjoy that pit stop then why stop right then then that was what it was like for me at 28 I got out of a five-year relationship. I realized that being 30 wasn't magical. It's kind of all the experiences that you've accumulated, but you realize that 30 is when your time on earth really just like begun it's not like that big a deal and that was when I decided that I will just redefine success I'll just redefine what 30 looks like instead of love instead of money and like how many children that you have right I chose to redefine success and I chose to believe for myself at least is that happiness how happy I am at 30 right how much impact I can create at 30? How much freedom have I created for myself by 30? So when I really find that when I was 28, things took a big turn for me, a very, very different perspective. And the types of decisions I started to make were really different because now instead of running for love, money, children, which are all good things, I just decided that perhaps it wasn't 30 that I will stop at that particular pit stop, but maybe that sounds really good at 35. So actually that, That is true for me now. So I've pushed that pit stop further ahead. Now that for me is 35. So at 30, in fact, I did achieve maximum happiness. I really felt that all of the experiences has really enabled me to help other people and create impact in all of the things that I have chose to do. And especially freedom because independence is super important to me. Being financially stable, having a career that I love, that. Created freedom for me, so -hmm. I would say I jumped over that thirty pit stop and basically like ding 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 won in my head because I redefined that Mm -hmm. success terminology for myself.
0: I really love what you said about redefining what success meant to you, and also moving your pit stop. And I think the biggest takeaway for for from what you said, right, is that it has to be your own pit stop. It has to be your own definition of success. And at the end of the day, it is helpful to set milestones. I, I do think so, but it doesn't have to necessarily reflect your family's norms or societal norms. We can always push them back. In your case, you decided to push it back to 35. So by the time you reach 35, you can always reassess again. So I think that's exactly. definitely really useful.
1: What about yourself, Janice? Tell us what it was like. Being 29, well, technically, I still consider myself 29, I would say, until (laughs) Until my birth date. (laughs) Yeah, what about yourself, Jen?
0: Yeah, so for me, I was definitely one of those who subscribed to the I have to achieve XYZ milestone by the time I'm 30. And now I'm actually trying to think back, like, what is it that made us Have these notions of 30 milestone Who who are the ones who tell us these things, right? It might be family It might be a little bit of like pop culture even For the movie 30, Flirty and Thriving From 13 going on 30 Some of you might know this So yeah, for me I was, you know, working in a law firm My early 20s And it was a large Malaysian law firm. I was doing litigation, crazy hours, very exhilarating sort of lifestyle. I did enjoy aspects of the job, but I think deep down inside, as time went by, I just knew it wasn't what I want because... Over time, I became quite miserable in my day-to-day job and I was really dragging my feet every day. I knew it wasn't what I want. There was this conflict in my mind because I really subscribed to that school of thought of making partner by 30, having that corner office at the window and and have a niche in my legal career. But eventually I did an MBA where I was classmates with Ashley and, and Sarah as well and eventually pivoted my career and relocated to Hong Kong. So it was a complete turn of what I expected myself to achieve at 30. It might not be the career success that I had envisioned, but I think the biggest sort of reflection that I got reaching the age of 29 is that I don't feel that I have to subscribe to an idea of what career success should look like at the age of 30. But I think for me, it's more of the fulfillment that I'm gaining from leaning to my curiosities, from being able to expand my horizon by relocating and trying out a whole new different industry so yeah I'm pretty satisfied now that's on the work front and on the relationship front I definitely expected to have a child by the time I'm 30 (laughs) but like okay this (laughs) well yeah I expect to be married with a child at 30 so that didn't pan out but you know what I'm glad because truth be told I don't think I'm mentally and physically ready to have a kid at this point so yeah there we go that's the kind of uh, expectations versus reality
1: and on that note We wanted to also Take this time On the podcast To congratulate Janice Because in case You didn't know Or this didn't reach Your news Janice was engaged In December of 2021 So congratulations <laughs> Janice We're extremely <laughs> excited For you and Chris We love you both But tell us What was that like For you? Was that something You expected? And obviously This is from a more Personal front And maybe we don't Talk about it Enough on the podcast But I think It does give people A glimpse From that relationship Point of view, right? How we expected you and you touch upon it briefly expected yourself to be married and with a child that didn't happen inverted comma timelines got moved a little bit but how was that whole experience like and and what's your thought process on it right now
0: yeah, hey, thanks, Sarah. Apologies, guys. I'm one of the ones who flooded the timeline with yet another engagement proposal. <laughs> but yeah, so we've already been together for about seven years. Many might say, you know, it's a long time coming. But having gone to MBA school and things really did take a turn, right, on the professional and work front. And It's hard to categorize our lives, you know. When it comes to relocation, it also becomes a whole lifestyle change. I have to say, my fiancé, he's very, very understanding. He was, you know, supportive of my dreams to work abroad and to see what that was like. So we decided that we would get married and settle down a bit later. This required mutual understanding on both parts, myself and him. And also coming to the conclusion that, there is no right time to get engaged or right time to get married. You both decide when the right time is, when the right trajectory is.
1: Thanks for sharing, Janice. Ashley, what about you? Any thoughts that you'd like to share
2: on that front? Yeah, I think I wanted to share a little bit about not needing to meet a certain type of success by a certain age, resonating with what Janice just said and just building on to what she said as well. I think I'm the of person who really likes to look at things long-term in a proactive way. And a big part of our 20s is always about learning, right? Growth. And I think one thing that people fail to take into account is learning how to trust yourself and learning how to listen to your inner voice. We are constantly exposed to Clubhouse, Netflix, all sorts of media that tells you what's right and what's wrong. But the big part of what I encountered in my 20s is that I chose to listen to myself after a while you've bombarded with too many things the only person the only type of intuition that you should completely trust is yours and it sounds really cliche because I'm sure people who are listening are like no 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 but I want to like take that example out of that book that strategy that formula from my mentor from a TED talk all of those things are great But those are just references. You get to choose whether it works for you or not. And I want to just draw references to one thing that I felt was like an amazing long-term success goal that I aspire to achieve. And that is one that my parents have showed me. So, you know, people want to make things by 30. And then after 30, it's like 40, 50, 60. And then life goes on. And then you're like, Do I have to make a dramatic shift every decade? Do I have to feel completely transformed every decade? You know, at some point, you gotta just look at things long term. You're alive as a whole. This is just like a small first part of that jump, right? And my parents told me literally, as I turned 30, my parents are retiring. And I thought that I'll have to earn more so that I can give them money, that I can support them and give back and do everything that they've done for me. And my mom literally told me, you know what? We're good. We don't actually need your money. We have like a solid retirement plan. To whatever age we live, we have enough. So whatever you've earned, you know, use it for yourself, invest in yourself, do right by it. And when she said that to me, I almost cried. Because, you know, if I ever had children one day, that is what I want to do for my children. To be able to say that to them. I mean, at this point, I'm 30, right? So that's like my definition of success at this point. Like, what beauty is that to say that it's okay? You know, all the money you earn is yours, but we'll still be here to support you. And my mom wants to take care of my child. That's one thing that, you know, I'm still trying to like talk her out of. That's one thing that I wanted to share because... To me, that's real success, you know. It doesn't have to be defined by just a present, very short-term kind of goal. And when you focus on the short term, what usually happens is that you're constantly worried. You're constantly anxious. And then you can't be present. You can't really enjoy the moment. And I'm going to just draw one reference before I pass the floor back to you guys. Something really exciting that I did. I, I picked up dirt biking last week. And my coach told me this. He said, when you're making corners, try not to look in front of you. Try to look at the corner you're about to make. Look at it long-term and then trust your body that it'll just make the turn. Do it, give it a shot, try it. And most of us are like this. Drawing from that analogy, we keep looking like only three to four or five steps ahead because we're scared. But if you try to look further, all these things will fall into place. And going back to the beginning is that trust yourself you need to learn
0: how to trust yourself especially in your 20s i think that's beautiful from the analogy it's kind of like don't be short-sighted but also look long-term see what's in the corner rather than just what's right in front of you but you know actually i wanted to pick a little bit on what your mom actually told you with the whole you better get Going quickly because the bio clock is ticking. And this is something I think that can be a sensitive topic for many women who are approaching their 30s. There's this whole saying that, that oh, by the time you reach a 30, for a lot of women, that's when the biological clock starts ticking and you got to be quick because, you know, my eggs are going to grow dust on it. And or I've like,
1: heard people oh, say it only goes uh, downhill from 30. And I'm all like, these <gasps>
0: thoughts. what is your take on it? And is there some rationale behind that notion of better be quick, there's a sense of urgency. How do you feel about that? I think it's true, you know,
2: biologically, women are made the way we are. But then what is life without parameters and challenges, right? If things are open book, big sandbox and playground for you to play with, there's really no room for you to critically think and problem solve and grow, right? And I think these types of challenges forces us to reflect on what we want. Most people would just assume that they want kids but I've had a lot of conversations with friends these days that made up their mind that they don't want kids and that is quite shocking actually like in my mind even in our 21st century I'm still shocked by it sometimes and I keep having this weird voice in my head thinking ah it's only about time that they changed their mind and it got me thinking in the world that we're in today a lot of us are now realizing we don't actually have to have kids and we're getting better at tuning out the voice. Just like how I just mentioned my mom, especially. She's like, you must have kids, right? So every time I hear that, it's a lot of processing and digesting and tuning out the voice, right? It's knowing that it's coming, but at the same time, you're also preparing yourself to mentally digest and let your inner voice take over, what does your inner voice say like do you actually want kids and i know if i have kids now i probably won't love them as much because i'm still selfish i still want to work on my career i still want to do things that makes me happy that gives me freedom to make whatever impact i want and if a kid were to be born into this world today and you know brought through me I don't think I'm doing him or her any justice, right? But I know I'll get into a good place. And for me, the number is 35, right? I think I'll be in a really good place to fully love this child and to fully give this child everything that I want to give. My time, my energy, my attention, and all that. But at this point, it's just not for me, right? And the self-talk is important. Because if you don't do a lot of this self-talk, you're letting... All of the outside voice take over. And then when it becomes louder and you feel pressured and obliged to just react. You're no longer corrective. You're just reacting to everything people say. And then just sooner or later, hopefully not. Most of us might have regrets. And I think sometimes in life, regrets are also one other types of variable or challenges that could grow us. And it's also a way to embrace it. I mean, like. If I can be super honest here as well, like I've dated a lot of guys in the past. I think I've almost married like five guys, right? Two, three-year, five-year relationship. You're going through that mark and you're like, is this the guy, right? And there are days where I think back, I'm like, and I look at their relationship status, married, married, married. All the guys like I dumped, married, all married. Then I'm like, man, that could have been me, I could have been his wife, I could have like two children by now, young mom, super hot, you know, pushing the stroller and running in the park. And sometimes I do think about it. But the trade-off, there's always a trade-off, right? That I may not be where I am today in terms of career. The amount of people's life that I touch and impact would be lesser. There's always going to be a trade-off. And I think that trade-off is also amounting to the amount of happiness that you feel. And if I had kids, I don't think I would be as happy as I am today. Honest. So that's something that I think a lot of us will just have to take time to think about what happiness really, really is. To you.
1: I think my takeaway from what you shared, Ash, is the recognition of how important it is to be self-aware as to what you want. As compared to what other people might think you want or that you need, or what society thinks you might want or need or need to achieve at this point of time. And so I think that's just something that makes it even more evident for ourselves as we reflect on approaching that three zero. And so, coming to the topic on what are some key lessons that we've learned in our 20s, Janice, how about you take us through what are your top three key lessons that you've learned or are still learning as you're in the last age of 29.
0: I got to caveat it by saying that I do think there's a vast difference being in your early 20s and being in your late 20s. And I can attest to that physically, you know, you feel in your bones now. But in terms of my top three learnings, uh, I touched upon that earlier on the work front, right? Is that I now know that career success doesn't equate to a linear career trajectory and living in a time where things evolve quickly, things change so quickly. It's okay to change jobs. In fact, many of us do that, right? And so learnability and adaptability is what really matters so that's what I learned in terms of relationships and i learned this in my late 20s you know to invest in relationships especially to invest in quality relationships in my early 20s it was honestly a lot of about appeasing a lot of people having big groups of friends and saying yes to everything I had no control of my time I didn't limit or focus on investing time in the few specific people I wanted to grow relationships with so I learned that in my late 20s invest in people who you really see and value as quality friends you want to grow old with and I think on the final note right maybe more on a personal development front is I'm realizing more and more that comparison really does steal your joy when you're living in a time on of constant announcements of you know promotions new sexy jobs um, people getting proposed to in like exotic locations and stuff like that it's so easy to compare because it's totally in your face but I learned that you know it's it does nothing but really sap your energy and takes away the productive time that can be spent on you building your own dreams so just focus on yourself and, and run that race that's something I learned
2: so many pearls of wisdom there Jen Ash what about you I think one skill that I try to remind myself as I grow older that we tend to forget is to unlearn mental models or mindsets and relearn things, right? The older we get, the more likely we're like, oh, I know it all already. What can you teach me, right? I always want to put myself in a place where I can learn from anyone. It doesn't matter if like this person is like a 16-year-old. I can learn something from a 16-year-old. And actually, when I was back in Penang just a couple of weeks ago, this young girl, 23 years old, she was sitting down in a cafe teaching me about SEOs and how many keywords I need to put in my website to make it pop up. And I was like, I went to MBA. I did actuarial science. I've gone through like four or five jobs. And yet, you know, she taught me something new. And that's something that I want to be able to say I've learned in my 30s, 40s, 50s, even when I'm in my 80s, I want to be able to sit down with a 14-year-old and have a conversation with that person. So that's something that I value and I treasure, really. And another thing that I've learned, I want to echo just what Janice said. I think investing in people is so important because you don't realize how important a support system is until you grow older. Because when you're younger, you have all the energy, you know, you have all the friends and every day is like, who do I want to go out with, hang out with? And as time goes by, you realize that there are only a few types of people that will resonate at your energy level that will be on the same wavelength as you that you can grow with. And I think investing in these people and also knowing when to weed out types of people that no longer serves you is also extremely important. And I'm still learning that today. People, support system, as well as accountability is really important for growth. I'm just going to draw this lesson to the next one, which is my career. If I weren't friends with the friends that I am friends with today, I wouldn't be accelerating my career as fast as I have and it's because each time you have these conversations like oh you're teaching you you should negotiate for this you must ask this I think it's time to go already lah. I think it's time to leave this job you know and they have like all this contribution right this constructive feedback to share with you that like you know then you're not being treated right and I think even with career what I've learned is many people sell themselves short because they are so afraid to negotiate I'm such a big advocate to negotiate for the for salary because, to me, is that if you're gonna put your hard work into it, and there's this saying, salary is the number an amount where people pay you to work for their dreams, and it's true, right? So you need to know your worth. You need to know trading off your time, trading off your own dreams, your own happiness for someone else that comes with a price. And I really, really encourage young people, especially in the 20s, to work for it and i'm just going to share this piece of story with you to inspire you when i started out it was like a regular 3 to 4k kind of thing and a lot of people tend to not negotiate and stick with one company and wait for that year-on-year adjustment according to inflation and then they tend to find complacency in that but for me i think when i first jumped to the second job i knew my trade-offs i was trading off mentors I was trading off opportunities to work overseas, the types of benefits, the work culture, and the types of bosses that I could learn from. All of that I took into account and I know that there was like a number in my head. And if I give all these intangibles up in my 20s, I need to make it up for my salary. So I negotiated. And I negotiated a pretty high amount, like you know definitely more than a 30, 30 to 50 percent norm. And a lot of my HR friends even told me that, oh, no, no, you definitely cannot negotiate more than 50%. Don't, don't, don't. People will think you're crazy, right? But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try because I love my job now. If they say no, they say no. I just stay, right? And so I I said like a number, definitely more than 50%. And they actually gave it to me. It was so shocking for me because I was like, like 24 25 at that point and every time i move careers it happens the the adjustment happens right between the 15 to like 70 percent mark the range is actually quite big and right after my mba i doubled my salary and when i moved to my new job next month i again negotiated but it's not about the money really guys because you realize that at at some point it's not going to bring you more happiness when you have more money it's false, okay? Because it's what you do with the money that really would count as happiness. and It's actually to treat people and to invest in people because you buy them coffee, you buy them lunch. So all of that to, to kind of share like the final points of what I've learned is I think personal relationships matters a lot. And also having conversations with these people To create that common understanding is also really important. And I think I say this with care is because you might think people in your life you resonate with, but if you take these conversations a notch deeper, the more you know the types of people you let into your life, the more you're trustworthy of your inner circle and your support system, the more vulnerable you can get. And that's where you can really grow.
0: Yeah, I think it's about being bold enough to have these difficult conversations with people that you think you're close to. But like you mentioned, the moment you get really deep, sometimes you uncover that there are fundamental differences in your beliefs and core values. So we got to be discerning about the people we let close into our lives and who we allow to speak into us. Sarah, tell us what you've learned in your 20s. What are some key lessons?
1: Yeah, and I'm just going to try to touch on this quite briefly. I would say, from a work front, where I am today, and you might have heard me say this on, on the other episodes that Janice and I have done in the past, I feel like I am really happy where I am today. And obviously, you know, there are always opportunities for growth, always opportunities for progression, and, and advancement in your career it can mean many different things, right? But I would say, my learning from the past two years post-graduation from MBA is really about finding a manager or a boss that you do admire and want to work for. And granted, Janice and I, we're currently employed and working for big organizations in that sense. But Other people might not be the same because you might be self employed and all that. But where I am right now, I recognize how important it is to have somebody that I feel can invest and want to help me grow in my career. From a relationship perspective, also similar to Janice as well as Ashley, I am definitely more focused on keeping a smaller group of high quality friends and not very interested in large social circles like I used to in the past. I remember in the early 20s, every weekend was packed with social activities back to back, rushing from lunch to dinner. And I see Janice and Ashley. Smiling because you know where I'm coming from. But now it's like, you know what? If I can have one dinner with a quality friend a week and then have the rest of my time to myself to decompress and things like that, I think that would be important. And also on the topic of investing into your personal board of directors, people that you trust to give you constructive feedback, although it might be sometimes difficult to swallow. And from a personal development and sort of self actualization perspective, my lesson for 2022 is really on how I should be present and be content. And where I say this is this everlasting, constant internal conflict and battle that I have in my head. You know, we always have a growth mindset and how can we do better and things like that. But I think the struggle and the conflict with that is always how can we sometimes just take a pause and recognize that where we are in this particular season and time is something that we can enjoy with our loved ones instead of always thinking about the next time this or the next time that. I also recognize that this is definitely
0: a lesson that is easier said than done. I think that's a very apt reflection, especially in this time, right? And I think this is applicable to even people who are turning 40, turning 50, not necessarily on the cusp of turning 30, which is that, you know, do what you really want to do now Get it done rather than waiting for the next time or for the next opportunity or for when you turn 50, for example. So yeah, Ash, we have lots of listeners who I think might be resonating with the uncertainty of what it's like to turn 30 soon, and they might have all these unmet expectations that they might be quite frustrated about. Share with us what would be a word of wisdom that you would tell someone or even yourself, you know, your past self about what it's like to turn 30. The type of mental model that
2: I've created for myself, I think because my core value is efficiency, I try to get most of them right in my 20s so that I can just bring it over to my 30s, just like building a foundation. But of course, you know, not all mental models are applicable in your 30s. So some you've got to just like let it go, right? But I think one that really just worked for me is looking at time as a resource and valuing it because each day you want to be able to say that you've done your best like you've done the most that you can and it's not like go out there and like hustle and work day and night and look through your emails and make it down to like zero that's not what i'm talking about but i think it's that every single day you try to invest very consistently in all buckets You've met your friends for lunch. You called your mom and you spoke to her about your updates. You answer like a couple of key emails. You, you read a book, like a couple of pages. You journal, you reflect it. You do everything in small doses and small amounts. And knowing that all of these consistency, like habits, like what Jen said, really will lead you towards bigger things. Because that it's not about like, oh, one day I'm just going to like read like 10 books right? And then the next day, you meditate whole day. And the third day, you go out with your friends every day. I think so much of us, we try to invest in one bucket in a very binge-like setting. And we think that, oh, it's good for us, right? But I think that's really untrue. So living your day every day to the fullest so that at 30, when you look back and you think about what could I have done so that I'm happier now, you look back and think that I would have done nothing differently because. I did my best every single day. That's one of the mental models that I think I'm quite confident that I will use forever (laughs) uh, until even when I'm like, you know, 70s, 80s, right? Hopefully. And I think another thing that I would like to just talk about, and I think this is also one thing that any person, any age will resonate with, is take time for yourself. And just listen to your own inner voice. And I say this repetitively because I think it sounds so easy. But really, it's not. Because listening to yourself would mean like not looking at social media. Not watching Netflix when you're tired. Like not going on Clubhouse, right? But taking a stroll in the park, listening to nothing. Your thoughts will surface. And it's true because, you know, when you shower and you're not listening to like, say, this podcast. And you're just with your inner voice your true wisdom suffices right it it like totally just comes out when you need it and when things fail when you thought your intuition would serve you and it didn't it's okay because it's also a way for you to learn about yourself and you can always improvise you can always change your mind and I think that's one thing that people feel like especially in your 20s like you make every decision have such a big weightage and you're like if I make this and it fails I'm screwed you know you look at every decision in such certainty and that's false you can always change your mind and I'll share with you an example you know people could just sign up for like an MBA course and then three months later they're like no you know what I tried that. it's not for me I think I'm going to go back to my corporate wall. It's fair. No one's judging. It's completely fine, right? And if we take that down a notch, just like something simpler, you tried dirt biking, you fall a couple of times, you fall flat in your face, right? And then you realize it's not for me. I'm never going to do that again. That's completely fine too. But it's that you made a decision to try in the first place. That really does matter. And I think the last thing I just wanted to say is learning how to pace yourself. 20s is when you sprint. Everyone sprints in their 20s, right? And then when you hit 30s, 40s, that's where they're like, oh, it's okay lah. I'll just stick to the red race. Don't want to start my startup already. I don't want to do anything else that is like very risky. I'm just going to go with the flow. And that's because you burned out in your 20s. You sprinted too fast. You exhausted all your mental models in your 20s. But if you're slowly increasing your momentum, bit by bit pacing yourself the momentum you create in the long term in the long run it's so much more powerful and that's something that I want to remind each of you that are listening today if you're working through late nights you're drinking like couple of cups of coffee in one day and you're constantly just on your whatsapp I urge you I challenge you today for just one hour Put all of that aside and just focus on yourself. Just take a walk. Listen to what your mind has to say because that, of all things, is the most precious.
1: And we are running out of time because we do want to keep this short and succinct. We always try to keep it up to 30 minutes, 45 at max. But what do you do? And there's just so many anecdotes and stories right? and experiences that are, that we want to chat about. Ashley, thank you so much for taking time out to, to do this with us. And so for all of our listeners that are tuning into the episode, we would love to hear what are some of your thoughts on this episode. If you have already turned 30, what were some of your experiences? Or if you're on the brink of turning 30 as well? Share with us if you also experience any fears or what were your anticipation about that big milestone of 3 As you know, we are active on Instagram. Our handle is this.
0: Ash, for those of our listeners who want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram
2: or LinkedIn if you prefer a more professional setting. My name is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, S-U-E-L-Y-N.
1: And so if you resonate with today's episode, when you're listening to it, screen capture the episode and tag Ashley, Janice, myself, as well as the Explore This podcast so that we can reshare this on our Instagram stories because we love listening from our audience as well. And so on that note, ladies, thank you so much, Ash, for your time this afternoon. And that's all we have
0: for this week. Thank you so much, Ashley. We loved having this conversation with you.
1: And we look forward to the time that we can all catch up in person again and uh, recreate some MIT and New York stories. Bye. Bye. Bye! If you've stuck around to the end of this episode, we want to say thank you for exploring with us.